Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, how you doing out there? It's Eric Olson publisher of Blog Critics. Hope you are well. We have finally warmed up. Today's the first day. Man, it's been cool. Even on our trip down in Nashville over the weekend, uh, it was warm at the beginning of the trip, and then it cooled way off, way down to the 50s, if you can believe that. Here we are in late May. Anyway, it's warm here in uh, greater Cleveland, Ohio today. Beautiful, sunshiny day. Everything is looking summery and smoking hot and cool. So thanks for joining us. We are here every single Wednesday from 6 to 7 Eastern. It's BC Radio Live. Well, like I said, we were gone. We were gone actually from Friday through Monday and ended up being gone a little bit longer because the trip back took longer than the trip down and all that usual good stuff. Went down to see some... uh, college roommates of mine, some of whom I haven't seen in 30 years. It was an amazing thing. We got along super well. No one had changed particularly all that much. Everyone's doing pretty well, having uh, reasonably good lives at the, uh, in theory, halfway point. We're all uh, 50-ish, shall we say. Other than Don, of course, who is uh, is younger than that. And speaking of whom, Don will be joining us here in the first half hour. In fact, let's bring her in now. Uh, okay, yep, there she is. All right, so Don and I are going to chat because, man, we spent a lot of time in the car and we were hanging out and she ignored me on the way back reading her stupid book. So we'll talk about that, what we did down in Nashville, some of the TV stuff that we, uh, some of the shows that are wrapping up that we watch. We only watch a handful. And also, of course, Don is the publisher and editor of Glosslip.com, which is a preeminent celebrity news and a gossip site, so she'll be filling us in on what's going on there. At 6.30, Lisa McKay, Philip Wynn will be joining us, and we'll be speaking with Blog Critics writer Lisa Gus, uh, a.k.a. known on Blog Critics as Assy Cat, A-S-I-C-A-T. You'd recognize her nom de Blog Critics, and she is a producer on an interesting website slash forthcoming TV show, called Lombardi Street. So, Don, how are you doing? Good. I am uh, wonderful, and I, I don't think I can top that intro. It was, it was fantastic. I know. I never took a breath. I never I never. You stopped. did not. <laughs> I, just, I, I just rock it on out. I, I was lulled into a sense of uh, calm and well-being listening to you yammer on and on as I'm sitting out in our beautiful deck area enjoying this beautiful, sunny uh summerish day here in our uh, lovely land of Cleveland, and uh, as we noted on our trip down, there's only 66 days of which we get to enjoy weather like this in the entire year here in Cleveland, so uh, you got to soak it in while you can. Yeah, that's not a super great percentage. That's, uh, what, uh, one in six, I guess, is what about the, what, <laughs> under 20% of the day. I still, I'm still wondering if that it just sounds low to me because I mean we have there's no question that we have seen a difference a change in the weather um just more extremes but overall certainly trending toward warmer and drier overall you know over the last uh, well I've been back here almost 20 years and so I came back in 90 and I I was gone all through the 80s visited but you know didn't live here in the 80s and boy the difference from when I lived here in and went to high school and college in the 70s to the last 20 years, especially the last 10 years or so, is really notable. I mean, we had it when we lived in in the 70s. We lived in Chagrin Falls. We had a big pond in our backyard, small lake, big pond. Every winter, it froze, and it froze pretty deep, significantly enough that we ice skated on it. The whole neighborhood would go out and ice skate. 
much of the winter, or at least some of the winter anyway. And, uh, you know, we, we just aren't seeing that kind of sustained cold typically here in the winters. That doesn't mean it doesn't get cold. We have some super cold days, some, you know, abnormally cold days. But overall, we just don't have that sustained cold. And uh, it really does seem like we have less overcast and less precipitation uh, although I, I wouldn't bet on that. that That's purely anecdotal. But uh, I saw some statistics that over the last 20 years or so, you know, the average temperature for this area is up, I don't know, something like 2 or 3 degrees, and that's a lot. That is a big change in, in a relatively short period of time. So anyway, I'm wondering if those 66 days still hold uh, or if, if we're squeezing a few more out. But I'm telling you, if we stick around here long enough, uh, you know, the North Coast is going to be a vacation wonderland, what with global warming and all. But uh, it may take a while, but we can handle it. So uh, anyway, yeah, uh, it's uh, very interesting, strange weather. Uh, we were looking at the maps because, you know, what do you do when you're driving and we had the atlas open and – and I, I, had, I was sort of aware that you don't have to go that far south to see really pretty notably different weather, but uh, it was borne out uh, graphically looking at these weather maps that even just as far south as Columbus, which is only maybe 100, 100 120 miles maybe south of here, uh, very different weather patterns. And by the time you get down to Cincinnati, which is about 200 miles, uh, you know it's 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 in a, it's in a different weather system uh and the, of course you don't have the lake and the various uh modifying that it does it keeps you uh cooler uh in the leading into the summer and it keeps you warmer leading into the winter as things are cooling down uh being a large body of water but anyway uh really interesting and of course by the time you're all the way down to Nashville which is 500 miles we we found that out 500 miles then you're in a you're in a whole different world there as far as weather goes. But it, what was really interesting driving back was the weather really never changed all the way from Nashville to here. It was about the same temperature. This was uh, Monday. It was you know mid 60s and sunny the whole way. So that is a that is a large swath of territory to have the same temperature in. I would say. So uh, it would be fun at some point. Uh, we've already blabbed a little bit about it. Talk about the the Nashville trip and some of the things we observed. We we did the touristy stuff and hung around right down on uh, Broadway, right there in the the main drag of Nashville, and went into the various bars and honky tonks and and. <laughs> Had <laughs> an interesting time, but before we do that, uh, why don't we attend to more uh, general newsy kinds of stuff and uh, and tell us what's up over at Glosslip? Well, uh, a variety of things in general. I was just reading a blind item piece that I I know I haven't written about, but I noticed uh, a couple weeks ago. And for those of us who cover Scientology, and there's a, there's a handful of sites that do that. Um, there is rumors uh, abounding that Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, of course this has been going on for some time now, uh, that, that Katie has finally filed for divorce, uh, disillusion of uh, marriage for whatever reason, and it was a blind item. Now, I, I don't know if your audience is familiar with blind items. They basically are, they give you enough hints that if, you're, if you follow the tabloids, you can figure out who it is but they won't come straight out and say it because it's not confirmed. So this this story seems to have legs, and no one would be surprised if the two of them broke up. So I'm, I'm, I don't usually comment on blind items because we're a reputable uh, source, and um, you know we, we, like to, we like to keep it in the basis of reality. But I'm pretty excited about that. Not that you ever want to hear about people getting divorced, but we all know that Tom Cruise and Kate Holmes were a – relationship made in, in in hell so it's only a, and it's a contract marriage it's only a matter of time before you know the, the novelty wears off and the other ones were you know sort of silly items about uh i was making fun of brad pitt i'm not a big fan of brad pitt i just had a conversation back with a good friend of ours about brad pitt and they they said the same thing that everyone says but doesn't he give to charity doesn't, doesn't that make him a wonderful person? And, you know, what I like to say about that is 
if you have to go around telling everybody how much you get to charity, chances are you're probably not giving as much as you could or should, and does it make up for the fact that you do lots of other not-so-nice things, and we, we won't get into all those details. So I like to make fun of Brad Pitt because we're not a butt-kissing celebrity kind of site. We like to skewer them and uh, put them under the spotlight and kind of poke all the holes and all the things that they try and generate in the uh, media world to make us think they're the greatest things ever. And I just don't buy that because I live in the real world and like you do, and no one's perfect. And I don't buy it if people are trying to create a situation where someone, where I'm supposed to believe that that person's perfect. Speaking of people not being perfect, then there was the uh, the story of John Mayer, who is, you know, he's like the king of Twitter. He was a Twitterer before there was such a thing as Twittering, because he has a blog, and he likes to blab on his blog about anything and everything that pops into his pea little brain. In this case, he was waxing poetic about why everybody thinks he's a D-bag. That's douchebag for those who, who, who don't follow uh, my, my little um, Dawnism. And he said that the reason people don't like him is because they're jealous, they're upset that he has dated their fantasy girl. Just to remind everyone, here's who he has dated publicly. And he only dates famous girls, apparently. He's dated Cameron Diaz. He has dated Jennifer Aniston most, most famously and most recently. He has dated uh, Jessica Simpson and Jennifer Love Hewitt. There's even a rumor that his uh, famous song, Wonderland, as in Your Body is a Wonderland, was about Jennifer Love Hewitt. In true John Mayer form, he's let everyone know that, no, in fact, it was not about her. And he's kind of got a reputation for dishing on girls after he breaks up with them. So... It was just a little snippet into his um, oversized ego, and I, and I had to point out to him that the reason people don't like him and think he's a D-bag is, well, because he is one. <laughs> so there's your celebrity well, news for the day. <laughs> well, it's not very gentlemanly to... Uh, no. A, to, to let it be known one way or another that you only date famous women. I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that there are no other interesting, appealing attractive, intelligent, charismatic women who just don't happen to be household names? Does it mean that, or does it mean that this is some sort of ego thing for him? Well, anyone who's followed his career as a, you know, interesting and, and talented singer who wrote you know, some interesting melodic songs to this and fame guitarist. or... And guitar And a very good guitarist, and you know, he's a good songwriter but he's certainly not as great as he thinks he is, has have seen him morph into, you know, a musicians generally, I, I don't pick on musicians nearly as much because they tend to take themselves and, and their careers a little bit more seriously than, say, you know, famous people who are famous either for acting or just being famous, like a Paris Hilton type person, because they actually have to have a craft. Not to say that people who act don't have a craft, but... You know, we know a lot of people in Hollywood have their jobs simply because they're attractive, not necessarily because they are the most talented person. And, well, anyone could be born attractive, but it takes talent to, you know, learn an instrument, write songs, create melodies. I mean, that to me is something that I, I respect. So he went from being a fairly respected guy to being kind of this person who uses his fame to date these women and then dish on them. And he sort of has a reputation of, being a, um, well, we call it fame whore, but it's, it's, it's a, he's sort of a man whore where he will only date generally famous women because he likes to see his name in the tabloids. And, you know, it, it's especially appealing to him on that level to hear people talk about him. So it's kind of, it makes me sad to see somebody who did have a lot of promise. He's still a young guy. He's only, you know, in his early 30s. Go from being a respected person to being a fairly disrespectful to his talent and to those around him. I, I don't feel every famous person does what they do because they have an absolute need to see their name in life. I think some people just, you know, they enjoy acting. And so, you know, he I, I don't give him a free pass cause, just because he may or may not have musical talent. He's, you know, he's like every other famous person who can't stand to be out of the spotlight. And for that, he could see a front page uh, 
obscuring there on Glossless. I so that's see. that. All right. Well, that is um, that is all interesting stuff. Brad Pitt. I uh, you know I like Brad Pitt relatively often as an actor. Still haven't seen the the latest one, the one that uh, had a number of Academy Award nominations. But I don't know. Did it win anything? No, I don't believe it. I mean, maybe it won for makeup or something. But any of the big ones that it was nominated for, it did not win. Much to my joy. And I have a theory on that, Eric. I am convinced, and I could be wrong, it could always be proven wrong, that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who both been nominated several times, including Angelina this past time for, um, oh, God, I can't think of the name of the movie, the one where she's the mother whose son is kidnapped and... Changeling. Yes, the Changeling. She was nominated for that. I am convinced that neither he, neither Brad Pitt nor Angelina Jolie will win an Oscar until... They either, A, come clean about the nature of their relationship, which is just, you know, fraught with tabloid uh, speculation, or they break up. I think they're being punished, and I have to applaud Hollywood and the, the powers that be for doing so, because I don't think you want to encourage that kind of behavior in the general public. And we know that, you know, Hollywood sets the tone for our pop culture and when you see people having, you know, tons of children out of wedlock or, you know, taking marriage not seriously like Brad Pitt obviously did and infidelities, I think that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be rewarded for that. I know Hollywood, it's, it's fairly common practice, but I think what makes Brad and, and Angelina Jolie's situation so different is because they lied about it and they got caught in that lie and they continue to try and paint this, this picture of, uh, you still there? Yeah. Okay. It, it's doing that thing again where it tells you you're not on the host cube. I'm just going to ignore that and keep on blabbing. Good. Um, and, you know, I just don't feel that it's it's right to encourage that sort of behavior, and we certainly shouldn't be rewarding that behavior. And, you know, lying about it makes it even worse. Mine will just be like, you know, Elizabeth Taylor and, and uh, Richard Burton and just be like, yeah, we're total wars, man. We couldn't. We just couldn't contain our, you know, salacious feelings, and we had to just jump each other. And, yeah, Brad was married, but when has being married ever stopped anybody before? And just get over it, people. And then I think people would respect them, at least for being honest. But they've been very deceptive and used their humanitarian efforts to sort of um, deflect from the criticism for how their relationship came to being. Because, you know, it wasn't like he just dumped anybody. He, you know, he dumped another famous person. He did it in a very callous way, and he's he sort of been throwing, they've been throwing Jennifer Anderson, who I'm not a fan of, under the bus for some time, and, you know, people don't like that. Real people don't like that. But trust me, there's plenty of Brangelunis out there who think that the, you know, the heavens and earth only move on uh, Angelina Jolie's menstrual cycle. So there you go. All righty. Well, that was, uh, that was an interesting analogy. I like that. All right, so anyway, the movie we were talking about is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And, Button. wow, a whole bunch of Academy Award nominations. It did win three. It won you're, – you're basically correct. It won Best Achievement in Art Direction. It won Best Achievement in Makeup and Best Achievement in Visual Effects. So <laughs> everything but the visual team <laughs> got shut out, although it did have a ton of – Nominations including director, David Fincher, editing, um, and Brad Pitt for best actor. Right, on and on and on, and ultimately uh, writing, uh, actress, uh, supporting actress, and uh, and Brad Pitt for for leading actor. But he he did not win. And um, you know, I, I think your theory may may have a fair amount of. I don't think it's. You know, it's it, it's it's not like people. It's not waterproof. It's not that people collude on these things. It's right. just that this it's sort of the general zeitgeist that, man, there there is a layer of phoniness to that to that couple, and they are smug as hell. And, oh, so smug. Uh, you know, I mean, they just kept showing them. You know, I mean, we watched the the Oscars. Man, they just man have two people looked more smug in their lives. And then, you know, they couldn't be bothered. Uh, they were irritated, of course, and, 
And uh, we got better things to do. Let's move on uh, when they, you know, when they didn't win. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think I think um, their their efforts, and they're both, I think, quite talented. I think Brad. Yeah, Pitt I do think they're both started talented. off. You know, Brad Pitt started off pretty much just kind of a pretty boy, but I think he certainly has chosen a lot of interesting roles, and his most, you know, recognized roles have been, you know, oddballs, and he does oddballs quite well. I mean, he was I think great in Snatch. And Twelve Monkeys, my God, yep. he's most peculiar in that. I think he was nominated for that too. He, he's uh, had a lot of flops too. I mean, not such great performances. And same with Angelina Jolie. I mean, obviously she's won an Oscar. She is a very talented actress, but when she's not in an element that's believable, I think she falls flat. I mean, it's, I think it's, even though she's a mom, I think it's hard for people to perceive her as being exceptionally maternal. She doesn't come off as being super maternal to me anyway. I mean, I don't get that vibe from her. So, you know, I, that's probably why she didn't win. And then she was, I, was she nominated for A Mighty Heart also? Because she takes on these very heavy roles, you know, very emotionally charged roles. And, you know, unless she's playing either a seductress or a crazy person, it's just not believable because I think that's who she is. She's a crazy seductress. So, you know, one don't of the forget- two... Gun-toting. Oh, yes. Well, you got to have the gun to which is funny because, you know, here are these two people who are trying to spread, you know, their humanitarian efforts around the world about poor people here. And, you know, I just had somebody say, well, what about all the money they donated to, you know, revamp New Orleans? Look, when you think about how much money the two of them have, dropping 600000 here and a million there, it's all part of their PR. They're not giving half of their fortune away to save the world. They're doing what they need to do to make to keep their name in the press and to deflect again from some of the negative attention they've drawn to themselves. And you're absolutely right; they're very smug, and I think that's what puts people off who aren't impressed. Beauty. They're obviously very attractive people, but you know, so what? All righty. All right. Well, let's. Uh, as usual, we blabbed quite a bit. We. Yes. Uh, uh, on on a few topics rather than spreading it around. But uh, we tried doing this last time. We talked to, and I don't think we got to it. Uh, you know, briefly talking about our sh- our shows, <laughs> our stories. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Twenty four. I-, I think this was really quite a good season. But man, the two hour finale. I don't know if there's ever been a finale that finaled less. I mean, everything was left <laughs> open ended. And of course, you fell asleep. So uh, well, one in the morning, I'll do that. <laughs> so, so I suppose I it's, it's up to me to fill it in. But I mean, nothing was resolved. The the uh, the president's daughter, uh, Olivia, uh, you know, she she got nailed. She was caught for setting up the murder of of uh, of uh, John Voight. Speaking of Angelina Jolie, the John Voight exactly. character. Uh, murdered him. He's a slime and a, a terrorist and a, and a psycho. But nonetheless, she set up his murder. And uh, although she tried to back out uh, of it at the last minute, uh, her her actions led to him uh, getting uh, blown up. So she got caught. She got nailed. But we don't know what's going to happen. That it was just left open ended. That you know, as at the very end of the two hour show, where she got caught. Uh, her mother, the president, her her father, the president's husband, uh, were in total disagreement on what should be done about it. And uh, the president, the mother, turned turned her in. wasn't wasn't going to bury the evidence. That's it. You know, you got to suffer the consequences for what you've done. I'll support you. I'm here. I love you. Blah blah blah. But man, you are nuked legally. So, but that's left open-ended. We, I mean, we don't know what happened. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, maybe we don't really care. Maybe, maybe that's not enough of a, a, a part of the storyline that we need to see. You know, the the ultimate conclusion of that. But, but much more germane to the series itself is we have we've had Jack exposed to to uh, a, a pathogen to to a biological weapon. Since about I don't know what halfway through, halfway through the day, the longest day, and man, that is one long day. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got we got Tony getting shot and beat and whatever, and by but finding out that he's a super double agent. 
He's a double, triple, quadruple. I knew they were going to flip that because they just made him so, so evil. He appeared so viciously, cold-heartedly evil for the last since the last switch, since he um, turned from what we thought was an undercover role for the good guys, for the government, to being genuinely. A, a terrorist, terrorist on his own, wreaking havoc, murdering people left and right, including we saw strangle a FBI agent with his bare hands. So that in the was last, pretty vicious. That was very vicious, very, very vicious. Uh, unredeemable, I would say, on, on many levels. So anyway, in the final episode, right, where, where I, I knew, I figured this, had to have some kind of final reverse on Tony because here's a guy who's been on and off all along uh, since I think the first year. I think he was in there. I think he was a trusted aide in that very first season. And he hasn't been on every season, but he's been on much of the time. And, you know, and he's probably the most beloved character on the series after Jack, certainly the longest longevity. And, uh, and and they were painting him to be the, just the coldest and vilest, vilest of the cruel, uh, you, you know, ideologue. Of course, we didn't know what his ideology was and why he was doing these things. But anyway, they reverse it yet again. I am I am doing all this uh, not to kill people, but to save people. I'm under 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 I have under. To, he, he he wants to get to the leader of this covert rogue. A group of terrorists to get at the leader, and because he, he had so to he can break it apart. Out. Well, no, so he could kill him. Uh, he had to well, he wants to kill him, right? Because he killed his wife, Michelle, seasons ago, and he killed Bill, and he killed Bill, uh, and lots of other people. But you know, smoking out this this extremely elusive uh, leader of this organization, and, and we ultimately don't even find out what they're ideology is other than that it appears that it was a network of of private of of corporations that run private armies essentially uh you know contractors and uh they they had decided uh, together collectively collusively that they didn't like the direction the government was going and so they're you know causing anywhere from between dozens and thousands of american civilian deaths Simply uh, to to I guess ultimately the plan was to create chaos, uh, and then they would simply step in, and the American people would would welcome these private armies. God, it sounds like the Revolutionary War, you know, you got bringing the Hessians or something. So anyway, uh, I, I was not super super happy with the finale, and and it's too bad because I I liked this season. I thought it had. Um, a certain internal logic that we haven't seen in in some other recent seasons, and that it did hold together reasonably well for a show that you know it's never going to hold together. There's just no way you can uh, string out uh, the 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 layers of of coincidences and sequences of events over 24 hours. And, and you know, of course, there's the continuity issues. I mean, people suffering every oh, manner good, of egregious injury and recovering within hours. You well, know? that's true. That's I mean, true. that's that's just nuts. So anyway, I was not super thrilled with the finale of 24, which is too bad because, uh, like I said, I liked the season. We watched Reaper, which I guess we're about the only ones. We and like nine other people, including my brother, because he's the one who told us about it. And man, I, I'll tell everyone who listened this season. I, I don't recall a show improving as much as that show has from season one to season two. And it's so good. I just think you know it's hilarious. It, it's a parody on. It, it's a really insightful parody on relationships. Uh, you know, male female relationships, male male relationships. The the bromance father, angle. Father son relationships. Father son relationships. That's right. I mean, it, it, and and so. Poor Sam, uh, for those of you who don't watch the show, he finds out that uh, his father is, in fact, the devil, uh, not the guy who he thought was his father. And the guy he thought was his father ends up in hell, uh, having uh, been not perfect in, in that <laughs> he, uh, uh, well, he I, I think that He went to could, hell. Yeah, he, he did. He died. 
Right. Right, but he went there to help Sam. Right, he went there to help Sam. Right, he wasn't sent there because he was bad. No, no, no. But he not, was killed. Not bad, no, not a bad guy. And and he was hilariously hanging around for several episodes, living in He's the... Living in living in the deep freeze in the garage because he's a zombie. So anyway, it's really really weird. And the relationships there's there's human demon relationships and that you are know, hilarious. Human, human human relationships and demon demon relationships and and then the, the devil who is Ray Wise and man talk about. Perfect casting. He's just hilariously, you know, he, he's a combination of dangerous and very suave. Charming. Charming. And he clearly has, you know, affection for Sam. But anyway, uh, we got one more episode. I, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell. It didn't seem like it was the season finale this this last, uh, well, last night, Tuesday. Uh, but it turns out it was not. So I guess next week, next Tuesday, is the season finale of that. And I'll tell you, I, and I guess the ratings haven't been all that great, and it may not be back, which is really Aww. too bad because it really is just an amazingly well-written show. And, you know, the first season uh, focused more kind of on the formula, and the formula was, you know, Sam has to go around collecting souls and send them back to hell in service to to the devil but but yet he justifies this in that he is in fact helping mankind by ridding it of these escaped souls well, he, who, are, who are evil but uh, you know it became somewhat formulaic but this year wow just a just a total total difference all right well we have we have shot past our uh, our 630 oh, yeah we have as as we always do and that's that's fine i think we covered quite a bit and it was pretty interesting and as always, I appreciate your checking in and chatting with me, Don. You're welcome, and good luck in your uh, your next half hour. Oh, with Happy Cat. Well, <laughs> yes, that's fun to say, isn't it? I know. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, I will see you soon. You know, pro- probably on the self same deck where you are where you are hanging at this moment as as we speak. All right. Well, do we have do we have the two leases with us? Yes, you indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, Lisa McKay is executive editor of Blog Critics, and she's out there uh, on the East Coast. How you doing, Lisa? I'm doing good, Eric. It's all kind of spring and nice here. Yeah. Is it, is it really warm there yet? Today was the first real warm day here. It's pretty warm. We've got temps in the 70s and blue skies followed. You know, we've had, like, days on end of rain, so... I'm just really happy to see the sun out. Boy, no kidding. Uh, we 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 see similar weather. Typically, we get it here, and then you get it there about a day later. It seems like, but uh, yeah, it's sunny here. It's actually get, got into the low 80s here today. So, it sounds like you may have even warmer weather in store uh, with right, with blazing do. sunshine. So yeah, super super nice day after well, we had this. Uh, I don't know if you're listening earlier, but. We were all the way down in Nashville, and, and the weather turned over the weekend, and, and it was only in the 60s way down there. Wow. So that was bizarre. So do we also have Lisa Gus? Yes, you do. Hi, Eric. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing good, and I think we're actually neighbors. I'm from Kentucky. Um, are you? So I actually know what you're talking about. It's gotten pretty warm here as well. So are you in Kentucky now? Yes, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, how interesting. Now, you have an interesting accent. Where is that from? Well, actually, I came to the United States from Uzbekistan 16 years ago. Really? And I think it's my wonderful, spectacular lack of musical ear that's contributing to my still having this nice KGB accent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's a very charming accent. Well, thank you, Eric, for a charming man. (laughs) Oh heck, thanks. All right, now, now, what is your how how do we pronounce your blog critic name? Because of course, your real name is now. I saw an A in front of you. Is your is your real first name Alisa? Yes, it's Alisa. Okay. And uh, it had been this um, Alisa hadn't changed it uh, when I came to United States, and that's actually a funny story. I was the only Alisa in you know my school, which was huge, and probably in my city, which had about two million people. Um, my mom was just really in love with Alice from Wonderland, and that's why she called me that. 
but just when I was born, uh, we came out with our own version of Pinocchio. And uh, the problem is the main villain in the, our version was called the fox, Alisa. So obviously, you know, in school, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> you became Alisa the fox. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, without, you know, the um, associated coolest of adults just at the time. Now, what is your native language? Is it Russian, or, or is there something native to Uzbekistan itself? Well, no. I mean, uh, basically, we all speak spoke Russian then in USSR. So for me, right. it's natively Russian. But I would be able to find my way now in Uzbekistan, where they are now speaking exclusively Uzbek. Ah. In fact, they have an interesting idea. I'm not sure I particularly approve. Uh, they really wanted to move away from the influence of Russia, so, but they don't know the Arabic script, and it's very difficult to learn. Um, I tried. I completely failed. And I think a lot of people there did too. So now they're using Latin, basically English letters, to write out Uzbek words and using some of the Russian as well. Interesting. It's kind of strange. Looking you know, at the buildings, I haven't been back, but a lot of people have and taking pictures and videos and just looking at the names of buildings, and it really throws you, just kind of reading it. Kind of a hybrid, creating a hybrid language. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Is uh, is Philip with us now? I am indeed. All right. Well, Philip Wynn, who is our chief geek, still deeply <laughs> up to his elbows, knees, teeth, and his uvula in uh, A, um, working on uh, bringing up-to-date, I guess, or, or getting all the, the features uh, up to form uh, on the redesign, but also uh, having to deal with, I guess it was just coincidental, that Technorati decided, hey, let's move every freaking server uh, <laughs> to a whole other set of servers, and we've been caught up in the middle of that now for the last, uh, I don't know, what, week and a half or something? Yeah, yeah I know that, yeah. But look, it actually the site looks beautiful, and I'm not just kissing up to my boss. Oh. <laughs> well, we have little or nothing to do with the way it looks, but we like it too. You, you know, uh, Lisa, it's delightful to, to talk to someone from Uzbekistan. I've actually got some friends who uh, have lived in Tajikistan and are heading back to Tajikistan later this year. And just uh, two weekends ago, I had a man from Turkmenistan uh, stay in my home uh, when he was here in Dallas you know, the night before giving a seminar. So I, I'm delighted to expand my uh, my exposure to the stands. <laughs> well, you know what? Obviously, I cannot say that I like the fact that we are at war with Afghanistan, but at least now people know where I'm coming from. The moment I would mention <laughs> Russia, it would be, so what? Is it where Siberia is? So I guess now the geography has been forced upon us. A little bit. You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. When you look at the map, uh, you know, right there, kind of what is it, north uh, uh, east of Afghanistan, right there is Uzbekistan, right? Actually, yeah. My dad, um, uh, he traveled quite extensively at his job in Russia, in Uzbekistan, and he had, was right there at the border. He'd actually seen over the border. There's just a, a small river at one place, and that's where he had seen it. Huh. So it's kind of obviously it's as far as you can get from Siberia and still be in Russia, in USSR. Now, where did the assy cat uh, nom de blog critics come from? And is that how you pronounce it? We don't want to say it wrong. You know, it could be fraught No, actually, it's, it's quite nice. Well, I actually came up with it 14 years ago. It was my very first nickname on American Line when I got on. And it's just in honor of and basically just about my cat. Her name uh, is Masha. She came with me from Russia, and um, she is a Siamese, a uh, traditional Siamese cat. So it's Alisa, Siamese cat. Got it. Aha. Very clever. And is your cat still with you? Yes, she is. She's um, gorgeous, and she's still around, and she's being just as spicy as ever. So do you, like, pickle her or anything to prolong her life? Uh, well, well, basically, um, she's on organic food, and we're just trying to take good care of her, and you know, we're kind of hoping she's gonna be with us as long as possible. How long? How old is she? 
Well, uh, 19 now. 19? Well, well oh, my God. parents' cat is 19, too. And uh, basically, you know, she's lucky. She uh, was almost lost in Cincinnati once, well, when we were just coming in. She was forgotten there at the airport. <laughs> oh, my. Well, we've just been through Cincinnati twice, <laughs> on the way down and on the way back. And uh, actually, my son uh, just about to graduate from uh, University of Cincinnati. So, oh, yes, congratulations. We, we know it well. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, well, let's talk about Lombardi Street. Uh, what is it? What's your involvement? What's happening? Sounds very interesting. I'm actually looking at the website right now. Well, um, basically, it's kind of a first of its kind. It's a civilized drama intended to run basically simultaneously on the web through traditional network television, you know, crossover techniques like TV, as well as through Second Life. And how I got involved in it? Um, well, because I decided to try out my hand at screenwriting. There was a competition announced for a, a screenwriter's job. And... You know, I got on, tried it. There was a very uh, ferocious competition uh, back in January and February. And having almost made it to the uh, last, well, having made it to the last round, I actually did not go through. Uh, the creator, Anthony Van Zyl, um, he's an award-winning playwright himself, and he knew that even though I could write, I could not write screenplays. I mean, I, as was true, I did not have experience. But he did like my ideas, and, you know, we kind of got to talking, and I had good suggestions and such. And, well, basically, it is revolutionary in that it offers an opportunity to everyone. And it, for me, it turns out I became a producer, second in command with him. So, it's Very uh, interesting, and, yes. There you are. There is your name. Well, Lisa McKay, I know you've probably done some preparation for this. So why don't you uh, lead the conversation for a bit here? Yeah, Lisa, one of the things that I, I found really interesting about, about the project is that you, um, you call it on the website a sort of a combination of a social networking site and a, a television production project. Mm -hmm. And that sounds immensely ambitious. Um, I mean, I think either one or the other of those things alone would be a gigantic project. Tell us a little bit about the background of it and where you're intending to take it and sort of where you're with it right now. Because I know you mentioned that um, the show is uh, supposed to go into production in August. Is that right? Well, actually, no. It's supposed to, um, well, yeah, uh, early August is when it's going to start filming. Uh, we are already in pre-production. We are talking with um, six different locations at which we are going to be shooting. We are uh, trying to be interesting in that we are going to be filming exactly the places that we are talking about. Basically, I'm sure you know how studios usually do the filming in one location and just make it look uh, by planting a few trees around, by, for example, making it look like a forest or, you know, trying to make it, you know, pass it off as Florida or something. Well, for us, we actually want to film it exactly where our characters are coming from um, because everything that's um, going to be seen on the screen of your TV or the Internet is going to be as real as possible. And we're going to be using local production crews. Uh, we're going to be lo using uh, local people for uh, secondary roles, for extras. Though, obviously, we're going to be casting the main roles and the more largely involved secondaries uh, through the site. Now, um, basically... As far as, as for the networking comes in, we want people to be able to be there, to meet up with other people from the same background, from the same um, sphere of interest. And you know what? If they happen to find opportunities to form their own production companies or find a job elsewhere, we'd only be happy for them. We actually want to uh, promote traffic uh, to our site uh, through this as well as to find, you know, a few good men and women to star and produce our show. If it happens to work out for other people uh, interested in doing the same, well, the more the merrier. Wow. So what's the response been on the website? Because I, I know that you've got a community set up and you're doing all of the, all of the casting and all of the recruitment for production folks. 
through the website, how many people have, you know, beat a path to your door thus far? Well, I can say that we have uh, over 1,400 subscribers and we have over 20,000 visitors so far. Wow. And a lot of them are actually return visitors. Really, you're wow. welcome to, anyone is able to come in. It's just a closed groups. Uh, that's where you need to be registered. Um, so you definitely have uh, usually on the site anywhere from 10 to 30 people browsing it. That's at wow. any time. So let me see if I can sort of understand a little bit about how this would differ from, let's say, a, a real-world television production. Um, are you going to allow the community via your website to sort of drive the direction that the stories go in, or do you already have sort of a planned plot development? Well, basically, uh, you, well, as you know, um, every television show right now is using uh, poll groups. And in our case, we just want to have a lot more extensive slice of it. So any fan um, who is interested is welcome to go in, vote, or make their opinions known. And just so long as it doesn't really, you know, if this fan has enough people agreeing with them, and so long as it doesn't actually affect our artistic integrity, we'll be glad to use their input and we'll appreciate it. At the same time, we do have um, basic storylines, story arcs planned for our six main characters who are just coming in um, into college and beginning their college life from very different backgrounds. So based, what we're going to be doing is showing their progression to the four years of college and their relationships and the hardships they have passed. They're going to be uh, meeting on the way uh, to college they have had already that we're going to be basically referencing back and also what they're going to be doing uh, once they're in college and in preparation to their adult lives. Wow. That's really an ambitious project. Um, now, once you start filming, are you going to be showing new episodes weekly? How's it, how's it going to work? Yes, definitely. It's going to be just as a normal show. First, we're going to start with six. Well, the only difference is we're going to start with six minisodes that are going to be only available on the web um, to introduce the characters basically as an exposition, but it's going to be action. It's just to show where they are at the time that they are coming into the show. And uh, we are going to end each uh, minisode uh, with them on the way, by plane, by car, I don't know, maybe by spaceship, uh, heading to a college. Uh, and there we're going to start um, adding uh, Starting with the pilot, it's going to be a normal season of 23 episodes um, that are going to be available both via web and um, through TV. And finally, uh, we are going to be at the same time producing other minisodes, uh, referencing the secondary characters as well as um, you know their backgrounds. If, for example, you got interested in where you mentioned the fan participation. For example, you as a fan got interested in one of the professors, and we noticed a lot of interest, but we cannot really uh, use the time uh, on the show. Well, we're going to produce a mini-thought, exactly the same kind. It's going to be just as much this high production level, but it's going to be focused on this character. So basically, we're going to be allowing uh, ourselves to write a fan fiction. You know, for example, as Harry Potter or Buffy are alive because of the fan fiction writers. Well, here everyone has a chance to become one, and if they're good enough, they're just going to film them and Very let cool. it be shared with the world. Huh. Of course, now, now in the case of Harry Potter and Buffy, um, originally what you had was incredibly, incredibly memorable characters that people identified with, wanted to be when they grew up or wish they were when they were younger, and then the fans built on that, taking the existing characters 
and uh, and writing new stories, new adventures for how they they figured that those characters would act. Um, how how established are these these characters going to need to be before the uh, you know before general writers start to really even want to pursue fan fiction? Do you think? Well, obviously, we'd hope to get people invested as soon as possible. Um, we do think that we came out with really interesting uh, people. Um, for basic, just one of them I could reference is Allison. She's not your regular college freshman. She's a French past. She's 33 years old, and she is just coming back to college. Now, we are just trying to get people interested as to why she would be doing that at this stage in life. What is she hiding? Why is she afraid of the police knocking on her door? And all of these questions obviously are not going to be answered in the first episode. However, if the people are interested in exploring why that might be the case and um, you know who her husband happens to be and if it's close to what we have in mind, well, they're welcome to um, come up with their own explanations and if it fits, they just might be the winners of our Miniso challenge. We just had one uh, for the Minisos that happens, and all the Minisos that we're going to be filming, all six, have just been uh, written and have been chosen by a panel, um, and, it, and it's just from the site. Um, obviously, our head writers and the writers are going to be writing the pilot, and they are already, but the Minisos have been written by the contestants, and that's whom we're going to be using. So we already have enough interest. Uh, we had uh, 180 people um, trying to sign up for it, us signing up for it, and we had uh, over 60 different submissions. That's really interesting. A couple questions that come to my come to my mind are: A, how is this being financed, and, and kind of who's who's running the show here? Who's who's behind this? And you know, in the first place. Well, I can explain that. It's Anthony Van Zyl. It's his idea, his revolution, as he calls it. Um, he uh, is actually an advertising professional. And what it, he came up with is this wonderful idea uh, to, uh, for advertising strategy. It has been around for a few years, but has been greatly underused. What it is, it's called uh, video clicks technology, um, used through his company called Sleepcat. And what it is, is it's going to be coded into each file. So if you uh, mouse over anything, you're going to be able to get the information through uh, judicious placement, product placement. So what it is going to be pool-based advertising. If you're interested, you're going to find it out. If not, you're just not going to be invaded. Your privacy is not going to be invaded, and you're just going to be able to watch the continuous show uh, without interruption, um, as opposed to um, the traditional model. And as well, uh, they are working with such charities as DoSomething.org and such, uh, they're trying to get financing through uh, uh, big uh, organizations uh, whose causes we are supporting. Uh, and that we are calling the cause-based advertising, where we are going to be featuring a certain storyline very heavily in the show, uh, through a sponsor. So, for example, uh, we are actually in talks right now uh, with uh, Brandon Bond. He's a, a world, well, I actually uh, wrote a piece uh, for you uh, on him. He's a world famous tattoo designer, but he's also a big uh, proponent uh, of, you know, of the pit bull rescue. And one of our storylines is going to mention dog fighting and the rescuing of the pit bulls. Now, we are in talks in, with him, and he's interested in actually uh, coming in as a sponsor. So that's one of the ways we're going to be doing the financing. Interesting. And, and where is the actual filming taking place of, of, the, of all of this? Well, the mini-sorts are going to be filmed on locations uh, where the people are living right now. Uh, so basically it's San Francisco for one of the characters, for the title character, Gabriela Lombardi. Um, it's in Midland, Texas for another character. It's Happy Camp, uh, California for yet another. Uh, Bemiji, Minnesota, and um, Cincinnati, Ohio, probably. And, 
And finally, it is going to be in Lowell, um, Massachusetts. Uh, now, the college itself, we are actually still working out the details, but again, it's going to be entirely on location, featuring a real college, but chances are it's going to be Whitefish, Montana. Wow. Well, you're certainly spanning the nation. So you're sending a crew to each one of those uh, locations? It sounds very expensive, actually. Believe it or not, it's not really, uh, because we are getting out of support from the local community. Uh, just now I spoke to people in San Francisco. They're very interested. Um, as you know, Lombard Street is one of the famous landmarks in the United States, and definitely pride and joy of San Francisco. Now, there uh Supervisor uh, David Chu is very interested in promoting it, so uh, we are going to be filming right there, and we are going to get a lot of support from them as, uh, through both production and catering and that sort of thing. Very interesting. Now, are you are you are you uh, assembling the crews in each of those locations? I mean, in other words, from that location, in other words, camera guys and so on and so forth, from that location itself, or are you having to send people to each of these locations? Well, it's both. Um, obviously, some people, they are going to be getting from there, like cameraman, for example, grips and such, but our directors might come from there. It hasn't been finalized yet. Uh, might as well come from anywhere else. Currently, we have a slew of um, directors who are going to be filming basically one director for each episode, and it's going to be sort of like an audition for them. Um, and the one who one or two who did the best work are going to be considered for a permanent director position for the pilot and beyond. Uh, as far as the actors go, obviously we are going to cast them. We are going to be doing very extensive uh, casting um, starting practically next week. And the, those, except for the extras and uh, the less known secondaries, are going to be flown in on location. Wow, very interesting, and like Lisa, the other Lisa said, exceptionally ambitious. It's just wow, it, it's almost overwhelming. It's certainly very interesting, and it is n doubtless revolutionary. That's for sure. I, I certainly hope. Um, I'm very interested to see how all this goes, and 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 hope it does well because you know the more avenues and the more variety that we have, I think, the better. Now, did you say you, you are going to be showing, are, are you hooked up with actual television, or is this going to be Internet only? And I know you, you said uh, you're also doing Second Life, right? Yes, and we're also doing uh, Zillion TV, that TV. It's basically a set-top box. Right now it's the perfect time for it. Uh, they just released a new version of the set-top box that's just going to be plugged into your uh, internet, but it could be used as a normal uh, box, a cable box, using a remote. So you just park it behind on a couch and watch it uh, as a normal television. And right now it's really big. In fact, even the Blockbuster is starting to carry it these days. How do you spell that, that box? Uh, it's called R-O-C-K-U, but the services that are going to be working with, uh, with us are is Hulu TV and ZillionTV.tv. We're actually um, in talks with them to finalize at exactly uh, what time it's going to start airing and such. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've made a lot of progress and you seem to have things very well planned out, um, considering you're leaving so much of it open-ended. I like that part, too. I think that's, I think that's very brave of you. Well, actually, that's a timely Anthony's idea. Um, one of our... We do have run into problems, and one of them, for example, has been choosing a headwriter. And one of the people uh, that we are strongly considering is extremely professional, extremely smart, has done a lot of work uh, elsewhere. But her idea was a lot more rigid. She was basically following in the rigids of uh, current TV. But in our case, we do want a lot of input from the fans, and we don't want to limit ourselves to just our own vision. And hence, we had to part ways. But, you know, we're hoping that she does great. Um, and we're still keeping in touch. Well, the, web, the website, we should make sure to remind everybody, is uh, www.lombardi street. That's like the famous street in San Francisco, but with an I. L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I-S-T-R-E-E-T dot -E -E com. 
Yes, thank you for plugging it. And they are growing very well. Um, right now, our Alexa rating has jumped 880%. <laughs> very nice. Thank you, yes. Um, and Zeke seems to think so. We just recently had an article um, down there, and in less than 24 hours, we received 146 votes. So we are actually very proud of ourselves. Yeah. Sounds like you should be. This is like a pretty pretty complex thing to pull together and a great example of something that could only be done on the Internet. It is, <laughs> and we are really liking it. Um, Anthony and um, basically says how every uh, student exec is probably shaking in their boots right now. I'm not sure that's the case, but we're definitely doing it without the studios, without the distribution, traditional distribution models. It's done, it's outsourced, it's distributed, it's done by people for the people. And, you know, so far we're doing good. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. We certainly would be interested in, in uh, hearing how it's going down the, down the line a little bit. It's just uh, give us an update, let us know, you know, what's what and what the locations are. And, and, and uh, obviously we'll, we'll want to refer people to the, to the actual... Um, the episodes themselves, of course, once those have been uh, shot and start and you start running them. So yeah, it's it's really very interesting stuff. And you said you're in Kentucky. Where are you in Kentucky? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, we that we stayed there. We stayed there uh, Sunday night because man, we just didn't feel like driving 500 miles from from Nashville back to Cleveland. So we stopped in Louisville, which is a really nice area, by the way. I, I like it a lot. I, gone to the derby a few times and it's it's always a ball that's really a nice it's actually a very nice area very very um sort of cosmopolitan area it's, it's it, you of course have the the feel uh, of the south but uh, it's not only that either you know it's definitely a border state type feel as opposed to the the deep south it's a very interesting area and very pretty and uh yeah, we went through Bourbon territory, and and Don and I, and we were reading about it on the way because you know you're in the car and you're driving. There's not that much to do, and we both agreed how much we don't like Bourbon. Oh well, I actually can't agree. I completely love it. It's my favorite drink. Much too. <laughs> well, and you're in the right place. <laughs> well, my dad is completely scandalized. I mean, I'm a woman uh, drinking Bourbon. I should be drinking sherry or something. No. <laughs> or or vodka anyway, as far as your heritage goes, right? Oh no, he will skin me for that. No, you, me? you wouldn't be allowed to do that either, huh? Yeah, bourbon. I, it's that smoky, uh, the the smoky oak barrels that that gets me. It's just it's too strong. It's a strong. It's a strong. You know what flavor. we should try? We have um, our drink here um, that I tried. It's the most wonderful thing I ever tried. It's mead produced locally called at Cambridge Brewery and uh, sometimes it's brewed in a, uh, barrels of just in other normal barrels or the bourbon barrels and both cases meat is delicious it's just the most amazing thing I've ever tried well my so son started. the archaeology major uh, who has spent a lot of time in Europe and who, who fancies himself a, a connoisseur of the Middle Ages. He loves mead too, man. He talks up mead all the time. So maybe, maybe I should have him visit you down there. You're not very far apart. He's in Cincinnati. Um, I'm actually going to Cincinnati probably on Friday if everything goes out as planned. So I might just look him up. Yeah. I'm gonna be uh, talking well, to Jungle Gyms um, if they're going to be doing the filming there. Very interesting. Well, I, I'll let him know that. Uh, that uh, that that's going on, and uh, I know he's super busy here in the last few weeks of school. He's got to finish up everything and write a bunch of papers and take tests and do all that kind of good stuff because he really wants to finish in style. He need, he wants to go on and ultimately be a be an archaeology professor, and so you know he's got to continue with the academics. But uh, if it's going on, you know, once school's out, then uh, maybe he could possibly get involved even with it. He's he has a wide range of interests. Well, we really appreciate his help. Definitely refer him to us, and you know, congratulations on the graduation. Thank Bye. you. Yes, it's very exciting. Now, now both of my older children will have graduated from college, so that's 
That is an accomplishment. You know, it's something you kind of take for granted. Um, I, I mean, it, it, you can take for granted, just kind of assume it's going to happen. But, man, that doesn't mean it's not a lot of work and, and uh, a lot of effort. And uh, certainly I saw both both my older kids, you know, really grow and transform through their college years. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is. It's a very exciting thing. We're certainly proud of him. He's going to take a year off and work in archaeology, so it's pretty cool. He already has a job. He was one of his professors asked if he was interested in participating. Uh, there's a government, a federally funded uh, national archaeological survey that they're doing, and so they need people with experience and and knowledge to go out and uh, do archaeology. So he's going to do that for a year. Oh, I think it's going to do great for him, especially once he's choosing a graduate school, unless oh, he's staying yeah. in Cincinnati. Yes, absolutely. Well, he and he has a lot of experience already. He uh, he's done a lot of field work, considering he hasn't even graduated yet. All right. Well, we are we are fairly well past the seven o'clock hour. It is seven o five, so we should wrap things up and move on. But uh, what a pleasure uh, speaking with you, Lisa. Really interesting stuff. Uh, how did you end up getting? Oh, I know. You said you said you were. Uh, you were participating in the screenwriter contest, yeah. right? I didn't expect I would be anywhere, you know, up close to the top. I mean, I'm a fairly good writer, I know that. Um, my novel has been really fairly well received, but, you know, I did not expect anything of the sort. But, you know, it's really working out great. And I'm yeah, hoping. it sounds interesting. It sounds like you're really into it, and sounds like you're it's, it's uh, something that you... Uh, really support and that you're very enthusiastic about so certainly that counts for a lot and gosh if it takes off what a terrific position you'll be in you know yes i know i guess next uh you know spielberg should start quaking in his boots actually he already is um as our media kid states there is a quote by him and he says that eventually um we'll all be looking for uh, uh you know well, you know, we'll all be looking for audience on the Internet. I can look it up. The quote is great. Uh, we're definitely facing ourselves in the back with it. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if you can supplant it. All right. Well, good luck with it. And, and we'll get, uh, we'll certainly be interested in having an update down the line a bit. Thank you so much, Eric. Uh, you definitely have it um, as soon as you're interested. All right. Thanks. And Thank uh, farewell, Lisa McKay, Philip Wynn. How are you guys doing? Well, I hope. Great, great. <laughs> oh, I can good. hear you. Huh? Superior. All right, well, hope to talk to everyone soon. Listeners, have a great week, and we will see you next week at Wednesday at 6 o'clock on BC Radio Live. Farewell. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.